You're listening to the Brooke Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. You have season two, episode 43, Getting to Know the False Self. Welcome to season two of the Brooke Snow Podcast. This season is breaking from tradition in an exciting way. After some lovely negotiation, I received permission from my publisher to publish the audio of my book, Living in Your True Identity, Discover, Embrace, and Develop Your Own Divine Nature as podcast episodes. Right now, this is a tentative experiment, and these episodes may not always be here, so I encourage you to listen while you can. My book is some of my best work, and while I do love my regular podcasts, they really are a random selection of topics. The book, however, moves progressively, continually building upon a theme and leading you through a process. Each week, I'll release the next chapter. If you like what you hear, please consider purchasing the book for yourself or someone you know who would really benefit from the message. You can pick up a hard copy or Kindle version on Amazon, and I'll provide the link for you to do just that in the show notes of this episode. Today, you have chapter three, getting to know the false self. Getting to know the false self. I didn't want to go. I was overwhelmed in school from approaching midterm exams, and I was depressed. The thought of getting dressed up, scraping snow off my car windows, and driving on slippery roads to hear an inspirational speaker sounded repelling. And besides, it was Sunday, my only free day of the week. Why must I have another obligation? I went anyway. My previous commitments bound me to attendance. Since I was accompanying the choir that was providing the special musical number for the evening, not showing up would certainly be noticed, and I'd be letting many people down. I dressed quickly and plowed my way to the performance hall. Reluctantly, I joined the choir members sitting on stage as thousands of other college students poured into the auditorium. Tonight, I wasn't in the mood to talk to anyone and instead chose to keep company with my wallowing thoughts, particularly my status of being single and unattractive. As the night wore on, I felt my emotions dipping lower and lower as I dwelled on past experiences and repeated the words in my head, you're invisible, no one sees you. I felt myself closing up in mournful sadness when the speaker I had been tuning out suddenly spoke clearly right to me. If you don't like the way you're feeling, he said, change the way you're thinking. I nearly gasped as if his words had knocked the air out of me, the truth ringing over and over again in my mind. If you don't like the way you're feeling, change the way you're thinking. I heard nothing else he said before Or after, I simply sat stunned into awareness. Never before had I so clearly seen the effects my thoughts had on my feelings. After the initial shock of his statement settled into my bones, I felt a sparkling sense of empowerment at the new idea that I could choose my thoughts myself. Your thoughts have direct impact on your feelings. Thoughts can be broken down into two categories, what you say and what you see. Before long, this triggers a domino effect. What you say and what you see creates how you feel. 
Your feelings lead to your actions. Actions bring results. Your life experience originates from the seed of your thoughts. Put into a simple pattern, it looks like this. See plus say plus feel equals actions and results. I call this the law of creation. This is the pattern of everything that you create in your life. You have been using this pattern your whole life. You use it to create both positive and negative experiences. If you're in the habit of creating negative experiences, it can all be traced back to the pattern of creation. How do you see that experience? What do you say in your mind or vocally about this experience? How do you feel? How do you react? The same can be said for positive life experiences. You can always trace it back to what you see, say, and feel. The great news is that you can target this pattern at any moment and create something new. Choose positive thoughts. Choose to see a positive outlook and you will experience positive feelings. And what does that do? It creates positive actions and results. If choosing your thoughts sounds difficult or laborious, fear not. I provide many easy tools later on in this book that will help you intentionally create the life experience that you want to have. Understanding this process of creation, though, is important for understanding each identity and how to consciously choose for yourself the one that you wish to live in. Satan is very interested in creation and will use this same pattern to entice us to create according to his desires. In the garden, his words influenced Adam and Eve to see their nakedness, feel shame, and react by hiding. So the adversary will influence us in the same way to create a false identity. In what ways does the adversary seek to influence us to create a false identity? Seeing false perceptions through self-criticism, criticism of others, pride in comparison, perfectionism, unrealistic expectations of yourself and others, worth tied to external validation, standards or approval, labels. Saying false words. You are not enough. You can't because you are too different. You don't belong. Life is hard. There's so much struggle. If you could only fill in the blank, then you would be loved and belong. If only fill in the blank would happen, then you would be loved and belong. You are better than someone else because fill in the blank. You are less than someone else because fill in the blank. These false words begin as you statements because they come from outside of us. In time, they evolve into I statements. You are not enough turns to I am not enough. As we are enticed to accept these statements as the truth of who we are. If we repeat them long enough, we begin to create opposition to our divine destiny. Feelings that feed the cycle. Anxiety, fear, stress, anger, resentment, bitterness, guilt, shame, unworthiness, worthlessness, disappointment, pride, jealousy, being stuck, being overlooked, selfishness. You can always match these feelings with corresponding words and images. 
If you don't like the way you're feeling, change the way you're thinking. Use these feelings as a clue to find the words and images that are feeding the cycle. Living in your false identity does not feel good because it is out of alignment with the truth of who you really are. If these perceptions and words were true, they wouldn't make you feel so bad. God has promised us that we can know the truth of all things through the power of the Holy Ghost. Moroni chapter 10, verse 5. Further, we recognize the truth spoken by the Holy Ghost through the feelings of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. Galatians 5, 22. When you are living in alignment with your true identity, you will feel these wonderful feelings and know you are home. Telling yourself stories. If allowed to stay long enough in your thoughts, the adversary begins to influence you to create a false identity. You form a picture of how you see yourself. Not only that, but you also create a false world to interact in. Similar to donning a costume and glasses and walking into a circus funhouse, you now see everything and everyone with great distortion. It is a false reality, a world that isn't true. Brene Brown in her book, Rising Strong, talks about this false reality, stating the most dangerous stories we make up are the narratives that diminish our inherent worthiness, close quote. When you live in your false identity, you tell yourself stories about how other people see you, what they're thinking about you, and what happens to you, all to support this world that you see and live in. It can be as small as catching an eye roll or a glance from someone across the room and telling yourself a story about how he or she doesn't like you. It can be bigger things like important relationships in your life where you have repeatedly told yourself the same stories over and over to the point of creating conflict and limiting beliefs. For example, when my son was around three years old, parenting suddenly became infinitely more difficult. I was a first time parent and I found myself with an extremely active child who I didn't know how to manage. He was always on the move and his driven intense nature seemed to constantly be pushing me to the edge. Going places in public became a challenge I dreaded, most especially attending church. Sitting in a pew and quietly listening to a speaker felt next to impossible for his curiosity and energy. Any sign of misconduct would set my body on alert, and I began to tell myself a story that everyone in the congregation was looking at me, disapproving of me, and deliberating on what a poor mother I was to have such an unruly child. During countless Sundays, I would leave in the middle of the meeting with my son in tow to escape to the hallway, not just to provide some peacefulness to the congregation, but more so to escape the stares and judgments of other church members I was so convinced were criticizing me. I'd walk the halls with this story penetrating my thoughts and look at my child to repeatedly wonder at how difficult he was. I thought, he's so hard. He won't listen. What am I doing wrong? Why can't I parent better? I'm such a bad mother. After a few months of having this story in my head, I began to dread not only going to church, but also my day-to-day -day life, which was filled with anxiety at my inability to function as a mother. I was convinced I had the most difficult child and that something must be wrong with him or me because we were completely unable to make it through the day without either one of us breaking down in a tantrum. 
By the grace of God, a mentor crossed my path that shifted my mindset. She helped me to see how the story I was telling myself was creating my experience. The way I saw him and the words I would say about him were creating my feelings. And my feelings were causing us both to react and create contention. Over the next few months, I practiced seeing my son differently. I began to observe his innate talents, already apparent even at a young age. I began to talk about him differently in my mind and also to other people. With consistent practice, I began to truly believe my words and the way I saw him changed. My feelings changed, which changed my actions. Life began to feel lighter, happier, more manageable, and even fun. (laughs) My son's behavior changed because I had changed. I had chosen a different story to tell, and everyone was the better for it. Families are torn apart all the time because of the stories that we tell ourselves. Wars are started because of the stories that we tell ourselves. There are friendships that are never made, discoveries and inventions never found, wonderful art that is never created, peace that never comes, simply because of living in the false identity. We don't have to live in a false world. The brilliant and wonderful news is that everything changes when we live in our true identity and tell a better story. Other people change and we change. Why? Because we see differently. We start to see things as they really are. Truth is able to finally surface and we open up. Recognizing the false identity on every level. When I walked you through the breathing exercise in chapter one to connect to your true identity, we learned the true identity is a place of openness. This openness allows light and energy to flow freely through you. This openness is spoken of in scriptures with words such as broken heart. In direct contrast, the false identity always has a degree of closure. The thoughts, perceptions, and feelings of the false identity thrive on separateness and close you off from truth and light. Scripture identifies this state of closure using words such as hard heart and stiff neck. So how can you come to recognize when you are open or closed? How do you recognize when you feel the false identity directing your experience? Tightness in body, your physical self. Your physical body will always tell you if you are open or closed. When the false identity tries to take over in my life, I often feel tightness in my chest as my heart starts to close off in protection. Other times, I may feel it in my stomach, my gut closing off in fear or anxiety about something happening in my life. I can also feel it in my shoulders as tension from the false identity. And when I feel alone in my burdens, my body feels heavier and my movement is not as fluid or flexible. It takes a lot more energy for me to move. My breathing is always shallow, and at times I find that I am not breathing at all. Learn to pay attention to how your body feels 
when you know the false identity is dominating. Become very familiar with how that manifests in your own body. Do you feel tight, stiff, sore, heavy? How is your breathing? Your body is an amazing tool and guide for you in your life. As you learn to listen to what it is saying to you, you will have greater discernment in seeing the truth from the error in the world around you and within you. Just a few days ago, I sat in Sunday school listening to a wonderful discussion regarding the great role of women, and I immediately felt my chest tighten and my breathing stop. As if on cue, I started telling myself a story about how I didn't measure up to the standard of women they were talking about. My husband was sitting next to me, and I embellished that story to include how he must surely be listening to this dialogue, feeling like he got the short end of the stick in marrying me. I pushed the thoughts aside, but the tight feeling in my chest stayed. Thankfully, I knew this tight feeling was a signal to me that I was closing off. I could also match the tight feeling with the story I was telling myself. They went hand in hand and they fed off of each other. Because I recognized this, I could discern truth from error. And I knew that my false identity was hungry and wanted to be fed. The great thing about breath is that I used it to help myself even in a public setting. I indiscreetly took a few moments and focused on breathing deeply in and out to help open my heart again. Trapped emotions, your emotional self. Your feelings are a powerful clue. When your heart is closed, the emotion you experience gets trapped in your body instead of flowing through you often showing up in your physical body as the tightness we have just discussed. Have you ever felt the emotions of anger, anxiety, fear, shame, jealousy, resentment, or unworthiness get trapped inside your body? You know they're trapped when the feeling has not passed within a minute or two. And also if they are triggered by something you see or hear that fires them up again. Maybe you've had a good day, when suddenly you see someone from your past that you've had conflict with, instantly the good feelings you had before are overshadowed by panic, fear, resentment, or jealousy. You may have had no interaction with this person, yet even the sight of them conjures these past feelings. The rise of these emotions signals that you have trapped emotion inside you. If you had processed these emotions when you felt them the first time, they wouldn't be triggered again merely upon sight. To be clear, the false identity is not the negative emotion itself. You can still feel negative emotions in your true identity, but the false identity will trap the emotion through a closed heart. This causes you to suffer the pain and burden of carrying the negative emotion indefinitely until you choose to open up and let it go. Limiting beliefs, your mental self. A limiting belief is a false belief that you acquire when you make an incorrect conclusion about something in life. For example, a person could acquire a limiting belief about his or her ability to succeed, stemming from an experience of failure. I can't do it. I am a failure. I don't have the ability. Over time, these beliefs are collected and influence your life in a negative way. 
Most importantly, they force you to live below your potential. You can gather these beliefs from your own mindset or from the words other people say to you in your life. When I completed my first year of voice lessons from a highly accredited teacher, her final analysis of my progress left me with a limiting belief I carried for many years. Brooke, you have come a long way this year, she said. I think one thing we can work on going forward is creating a more beautiful sound. (laughs) No matter how she worded it, all I heard was the loud interpretation from my false identity. You have a horrible sounding voice. Give up. You weren't born to be a singer. (laughs) This limiting belief ended my voice training. I never took another lesson convinced I wasn't gifted enough. Unfortunately, I didn't understand that most talents are not innate, but rather developed. To make such a final analysis as a beginner is foolish. Life is all about developing. When we carry limiting beliefs, we block ourselves from growth and opportunity. The false identity whispers limiting beliefs to your mind and reinterprets or ruminates upon the words others may say to you. Through this repetitive storytelling, You take upon these beliefs as part of who you think you are. Limiting beliefs keep you from trying new things, from developing your gifts, from cultivating friendships, from overcoming trials and obstacles, and ultimately from growth. It is a closed mindset limiting you in progress. Limiting beliefs are often characterized by their sweeping generalities and black and white nature. You can't fill in the blank. You never fill in the blank. You always fill in the blank. You are fill in the blank. We likewise form limiting beliefs about others. He can't fill in the blank. She never fill in the blank. He always fill in the blank. If you find yourself stuck or blocked in any area of your life, ask yourself, what do I believe that is causing me to feel this way? Learn to question your beliefs. Get curious about them. Explore whether they are open or closed in nature and choose whether they are worth keeping. If not, choose a true belief that frees you to progress again. Darkness, your spiritual self. While trapped emotions block your emotional self and limiting beliefs block your mental self, it is darkness that blocks your spiritual self. By now, you likely see the contrast between the false identity and the true identity symbolized in the very qualities of light or dark. Your true identity is a place of pure light, whereas the false identity is a shadow. This is brilliantly depicted in nature by the moon's rotation around the earth. When the side of the moon that we see from earth is fully facing the sun, it completely reflects the light of the sun. We call this a full moon. When the side of the moon we see from Earth is completely turned away from the sun, it is in complete shadow. We call this a new moon. In its full orbit around the Earth, the moon will wax, increase in light, and wane, decrease in light, completely dependent upon one factor, its orientation to the sun. 
I am continually fascinated by the parable of the moon's light. When I am fully facing toward the son of God, I shine. I'm filled with light. I am open and I'm receiving. When I am turned away from the son of God, I am in shadow. I do not shine. I am dark. Most of us experience life somewhere in between a full moon and a new moon. I like to ask myself whether I am waxing or waning. Am I increasing in light or decreasing? Am I opening or closing? When the false identity is allowed to stay for a visit, we will wane in light. We can learn much about darkness by studying its opposite. In Doctrine and Covenants, section 84, verse 45, we learn, For the word of the Lord is truth, and whatsoever is truth is light. And whatsoever is light is spirit, even the spirit of Jesus Christ. Here, light and truth are synonymous. Is it any wonder the false beliefs blocking your mental self originate from darkness? Light is truth and darkness is false. Verse 46 gives additional insight. And the spirit giveth light to every man that cometh into the world. And the spirit enlighteneth every man through the world that hearkeneth to the voice of the spirit. Every man and woman in the world has been endowed with this light. And this light is enlightened when we hearken to the voice of the spirit, when we face the sun. There's no question about whether you are a being of light. If you don't feel the light within you, then you simply need to turn around. (laughs) Remember who you are. You are not your emotions. You are not your limiting beliefs and you are not darkness. The true you is light and truth. The true you will shine when you face toward the sun. Journal questions. Number one, what stories do you suspect you have been telling yourself? Stories about you or other people and circumstances in your life. Number two, in what ways do you feel the false identity in your body? Number three, how have you experienced trapped emotions? Number four, what are some of your prominent limiting beliefs? Are you ready to change them? Number five, have you felt the difference between spiritual light and darkness? In what ways? I hope you enjoyed chapter three, getting to know the false self from my book, Living in Your True Identity, Discover, Embrace, and Develop Your Own Divine Nature. Do you listen to this book and love what you hear and wonder where to start? Do you wonder how to actively practice these ideas in your own life? I invite you to take my Christian meditation 40 day challenge course. Meditation is my most important practice of the day. And it's my number one way to help me live in my true self. This one habit has changed my life. It's small and simple, but it reaps incredible rewards. But the key is consistency. That's why I love that this is a 40 day challenge. The challenge is to do it for 40 consecutive days, starting a new habit and even more so being consistent with it can be tricky. This is why I offer every student a free buddy pass, allowing you to handpick your own friend or family member to take the course with you. You get your own accountability partner and you both do the challenge together. Two people start an empowering new practice instead of just one. 
If this is calling out to you, I invite you to register at the link in the show notes, or you can find it on my website at brooksnow.com. You can do this. You are worthy. You are whole. And I am cheering you on. 